Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it was okay. I had a fun weekend. I went to Game Days. Oh, how was Game Days? Up in up in Anaheim at Disneyland. Yeah. And um, we can we can talk about that in a little bit. But I just kind of the cool thing mm-hmm. while I was up there at Disneyland, you know, they got the whole like Star Wars land and everything. Yep. So you know who I saw there? Um, Kylo Ren. No, I saw George Lucas. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, what and, what was George Lucas doing? Well, I mean, if you want to see him, you can see him too. Because if you just look close enough and the smiling eyes of children everywhere, you can see George Lucas smiling back. Well, he was banished to the Shadow Realm, and those are the only windows to the Earth that he has. This is Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hi. Do you have any actual talking points, Chad? Or should I just make up more, you know, stupid garbage no one's to hear? The best part about me is that I'm going to die alone. That's pretty good. Yeah. Got, you got to own the things that are going on in your life, I think. Take well, control. Well, someone someone asked me a question of like, hey, Cameron, what's your what's your favorite kind of sandwich? And I said, you know what's kind of neat about knowing how you're going to die? <laughs> and he's like, what? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to die the same way I lived, where I'm just alone and full of spite. <laughs> but that's a constant that I can rely on. And now they don't ask me about sandwiches anymore. You know, that's they they should have expected that. I love uh I love when new people join the Final Fantasy Guild. Because everyone <laughs> knows my sense of humor by now. Sure. And so they'll bring in a new guy and say, Hey, you should you should talk to that one over there. <laughs> and they'll say, Hey, I, someone told me to tell you hi and then I will like torment them with my knowledge. Nice. Ah. Uh. I had a. I bought. <laughs> there was a. There was a date auction last week. Okay, a date. This is on Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, Final Fantasy. And so I went up there as a joke because my my character on Final Fantasy is kind of a joke. I I post on 4chan I'm like, look at me, I need attention, and everyone like throws rotten t- tomatoes at me. Okay. And so I went up there, I was like, look at me, I need attention, and then somebody paid three million uh, gil, and so I had to sit next to him for the rest of the night. And nothing happened, and now I have three million gil. Oh wow! Which is enough to buy a house. Damn. And it's like, was this a joke? Like I, I kept asking, "Do you want your money back?" And like, nah. <laughs> this is fine. I don't know how to like. How do you deal with like? It's like, do you want a virtual handy? Well, that's the thing. It's like, is there expectation of something? Yeah, like, we're supposed no. to RP now, or, or do you just give me money for no reason? Because I know some of those guys are like doing the RP thing, but it was like. I went up there and specifically said, if you if you buy me for a date, I'll just spit in your face and leave early. <laughs> and it was like a joke thing. And then it's like, oh, no. Because it was a bidding war. That's the other thing. Kingpin wanted to buy me. Because my character's black, so he was joking. I'm going to buy that one and put her on my plantation. Oh, no. And someone else was like, I'll stop you, Kingpin. And I feel like they thought that Kingpin would outbid him. Mm-hmm. So, Oops. Oh god, I bet that was it. Like I'm gonna like, counter bit as a joke. I don't know. You get it you have the weirdest fucking MMO stories. Like, every time you open your mouth, like guess what on Final Fantasy? I never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh I recently did a cover of that uh you know that dramatic trailer when they had to reboot the game? Mm-hmm. I did a cover using my uh slide whistle. I watched some of that. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't watch all of it, because I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck, this is seven minutes long. Well, no, that's the thing. I feel like the joke way overstays its welcome. 
I like the stuff you added it, like, as it goes on because I started skipping around. I was like, why is Shrek in this? So that was the thing. I I have the soundtrack. The song is seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. So I recreated that song. And then I pulled the trailer and I realized, oh, the trailer's five minutes long. <laughs> so I took the trailer and there's a part in the middle, like mid-explosion, where I just put in the funeral scene from Shrek 3. Mm-hmm. And then Order 66 from Star Wars. And there's a part where Plo Koon crashes his A-wing into the into a ship. There's like a fire explosion and just cuts back to the fire explosion in the trailer. Yeah, you, your mind works in mysterious ways. I'm not sure it works. Yeah, but no, there's that. It, it was what I saw. Like it was like funny, but then like it's like Jesus, this is <laughs> this is so long. It's yeah, it's too long. It, this was <laughs> this wasn't really meant to be like a video. It was more like an inside joke for sure. this group. Sure. But then it's like, well, I I ended up making a seven minute long video, so I may as well upload it. Yeah. Um, I want to do another one that's smarter, that's like watchable. I guess is the way I want to put it. <laughs> it feels like it's very Tamer's one, two, three, four, five, right? Where his stuff's unwatchable. That was unwatchable. You've made it. Yay! You did your goal. Oh. Oh um, shit! I yeah. Do we want to talk about Sonic? The trailer? Oh, you know, that's a very decent talking point. I feel like that's a thing we're both interested in. I feel like everyone else has talked about it. Oh. Um. So there's a good chance that anything that I say will be parroting someone else's opinion. Yeah. Because everyone in the world has an opinion about the Sonic trailer. And Which I can't is remember dumb, the last time... no one gives a fuck about Sonic. Yeah, most people just kind of go, oh, another Sonic game? Uh, pass, and then move on. Right. So what did you think? I was really impressed by the... So the bar was set so low, right? And so when I saw the new character, I was like, shit, that looks more or less exactly how I want it to. I Still a little, a couple couple things, maybe like the body skeleton or whatever, that's a little, little more uh, human than I'd maybe want. But it looks great. The trailer was funny. I, I enjoyed what I was seeing. And then I went and I saw that someone took a shot of like the before and after uh, from like the same that's- scene. That's jarring. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I forgot jarring. how awful the first version was. But my first reaction was after that then was like, how the hell were they expecting to sell all of the, the comedy and the slapstick with that gross manhog thing? Because the way he was moving around in the trailer is so cartoony that why wouldn't you have him cartoony? That doesn't make any sense. No. Um, I mean, is, is that all? Mm-hmm. So, they made a vast improvement. Yes. Uh, and confirmed it was the guy that did Sonic Mania, like, that that super fan that Sega keeps going back to. He's like, we don't know how to do Sonic, will you do it for us? Really? Yeah. He was he was brought in <laughs> to help the movie studio correct. Um, Dude, I like to think that guy comes in with just... I'm wondering, I'm trying to picture how he's decked out, if it should be, like, some Matrix thing, where he's just, like, black sunglasses, trench coat, and then, like, he opens up the coat, and it's just Sonic toys, and everyone's, like, scared and running away, and he walks through the metal detectors, but no, they're not made out of metal, so nothing happens. Or if he comes in, and he's just, like, dressed like a pimp, and he's got, like, an actual hedgehog on a leash, and a cane, and everyone's really confused, but slightly aroused. Did you see the that Dr. Robotnik dance is actually a reference to a Keith Apicary video? I did not know that. 
That is fantastic. That's a that's a weirdly deep cut to make. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess back to my my take. They made a huge improvement art wise. Yes. It doesn't address any of my problems with the movie. <laughs> Which is probably largely that, oh, Sonic and the Human World, not something you really want to see. Well, it, it's it's like re- rewriting it so that Sonic is the Flash is weird. Yeah. Um. At the same he, time, he can't be worse than the actual Flash, who's the worst. Well, he was. That was the original version, so they fixed it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they They got to... You know, above Flash levels, I guess. I don't care for him being, like, magic and a source of power. Because that doesn't make sense. No. He's not behaving in character. Like, this is a version of Sonic that I've never seen before. Where he's, like, interested in... uh, Like, what's it's more like he has ADD. Where he'll see something new and go, whoa, what's that? I want to see it. Whoa, cool, look at that. Wow, giant yarn ball. I'm going to go see the rubber band ball, whatever. Yeah, it, it like it's a fun, it's a funny joke, but you're right; it doesn't really fit his character. Like I'm reading the comics, right? It's clearly not his character. His character is more that he would uh, find a lawn chair and lay in it because he doesn't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And then when someone's in danger, he's like, "Well, I guess I have to do it," and then he'll be all, like snarky about it. Yeah, because he's he's '90s cool is his thing, and so he's gonna be snarky and he's gonna be a little edgy. He's going to be a little lazy, but not enough to, for parents to be upset, because he's still kind of a good role model, because he goes and saves people. At the same time, I love Jim Carrey in it, and I'm kind of like excited to see Jim Carrey playing like a really old version of this character he used to play, where he's just chewing on the scenery and like having a good time and not giving a fuck. Right. So I mean, th- this is going to be fine. It'll be a very... Perfectly bland, inoffensive kids movie. It looks better than the Smurfs movie. Yeah. You know, I think that's a fair bar to set. Is like, will this live up to Smurfs 2? Smurfs take Manhattan? And Garfield 2? A Tale of Two Kitties? Is that really the title of Garfield 2? Yeah, they went to London and like the Queen has a cat. And it's like a Prince and the Popper thing where the Queen's cat is like, I want to go live outside the house. And there, what's this? A cat that looks like moi? Part of and me is he's just lazy. Like, I'll have him come inside. I like the idea of like, I'm the queen's cat. I want to go outside the house and see what it's like. And then Garfield just like rapes him. And then the, the rest of the movie that is made for kids is just the queen's cat trying to overcome this trauma. And all the kids are really confused and the parents are just grossly upset. I, I kind of like the idea of it being like a Prince and the Popper thing where the cat's like, I want to go outside. And so it gets like hit by a car and then it's that's not the plot of the movie at all. It just moves on from there. That'd be funny, too. That's that's more appropriate and less like offensive that, than what I said. That's in, the first, that's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Then it cuts to Garfield's vacation through London. The whole movie goes by and you completely forget. And then as they're leaving, they drive by the like dead cat on the road. That'd be funny. I and also kind of like, like the <laughs> idea of they find the dead cat and Garfield just weakened it, Bernie's it the whole time. Or it's just like tormenting John with the dead cat. Like every time John turns around, Garfield's like got the dead cat like in his way. Is why do I keep running this fucking dead cat? It smells. And then Garfield just retrieves it out of the trash and it's just like, haha, fuck you, John. Puts it in his coffee. So I think I, I think we might have talked about this, but if you were doing a Sonic movie, like what would it be? Um. 
I feel like we did talk about this, but I don't remember what my answer is. And because I, I feel like that it's a cartoon character, it should be an animated movie. <laughs> I don't know why the the live action thing. Honestly, has the current to be. fucking comic book run would be cool to see animated. It's really good, and it's the script's basically there. Robotnik teams up with a different scientist. He creates a metal virus. It gets out of control. It turns everybody into robots who don't listen to him. Sonic gets infected, and they have to figure out how to save him before the virus takes him over, and then no one can save him. So it's like Sonic plus zombies, which maybe isn't that interesting if you phrase it that way. But the comic's been really good, so do that. Or, I don't know, I, I always like Death Egg Zone you know, as a still... level, right? So do do something with Death Egg. Make a movie with that. I, I kind of wonder where this movie is going to end up going because we've seen Green Hill Zone and Mushroom Hill Zone and Robotnik's like big mustache and his floating thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that going to be just the, the finale or is half the movie going to be actually like fantastical? I don't know. I kind of hope it's fantastical. And just holding back the good stuff. It's like, kind of funny that if you look at Detective be- Pikachu and then the Sonic movie, like Detective Pikachu is like, no, this is going to take place. In Pokemon Land, and we've established everyone understands that they're in Pokemon World, and there's Pokemon, and that's what people want. They don't want to have to be because they know it. Like whereas Sonic's like, no, we're gonna bring him to the human world because we don't want to have to explain Mobius, and he'll just have to he'll be the fish out of water. It'll be one of those stories, and it's like if you didn't do that, you could have done something way more interesting. Why are you doing the laziest possible thing you can with this property? I almost wonder if this would be a good opportunity for like meta commentary about how bad these movies are like what if sonic uh like found a portal and ends up in new york city but then it's like someone finds him you're sonic from the video game we should make a movie and it'll be like behind the scenes of how they come up with the bad cgi sonic (laughs) and the whole time he's like i don't want to be part of this it's like oh okay we'll just do the cgi one it'll be fine i always like i like the idea of you take them, especially with a kids movie, right? Like you take a premise and then like halfway in you change the genre. And I've talked about this before, but the first Equestria Girls movie where Twilight's crown gets stolen and she goes to the human world and has to figure out and win the win it back. And it's like, no, the last half of this movie should be her trying to steal it because it is rightfully hers. And instead of being dumb high school shit, it's a heist. And she gets everybody together and she's like, Applejack, you're the muscle. And Rainbow Dash, you're the distraction. And Pinkie Pie, you're going to be the hacker. You know, just do something like that. And to me, that would be really fucking funny, but also really kind of clever because you're not expecting it. And it becomes this commentary on movie tropes and and, and what and expectations and all this other stuff. Like, that could have been a smart movie, and instead it was really dumb with really catchy show tunes. Kids' movies are hard. There's a... There's a talent that goes into making a really good classic, like, kids movie. Mm-hmm. And most movies are just going to be lazy. Yeah. Um, I I got a Disney Plus. I got, like, a free trial week. Okay, how's that been? Pretty good. Um, A lot of stuff on there that I want to watch. I'm probably going to subscribe and just keep watching this stuff. But one of the first things I put on there was uh, Black Cauldron. Because it's been forever since I've seen that. And I know a lot more about the movie now because of, like, internet trivia. Sure. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Black Cauldron? Not. I've seen stills of it. I know what it looks like, but I'm not entirely sure what the plot is. So this is. was after Walt Disney died, and they basically, they had some, like, notes that he left behind of, like, oh, we could do a movie about, like, 
what if there was about like a hundred or so Dalmatians? And someone's like, hey, we could use his notes. We'll make a movie based on this. They're officially out of his notes at this point. Okay. So it's like, we got to do something original. I I don't know. What about, um, have you seen Dark Crystal? Uh, no, that hasn't been made for 20 years. Well, let's do something like Dark Crystal. Okay. <laughs> um, it's very, it's kind of like, it's dark and a little like melancholy and bland, but in a way that I like, if that sure. sounds like it makes sense. Uh, it's missing the Disney charm and the whimsy, you know, like there's no cutesy characters. There's, I guess there's a couple of characters that are supposed to be cutesy, but they don't come across as cutesy. Um, it has a strong female character Yay. that no one, no one likes cause it was in a bland movie. So she doesn't count. Sure. Um, but watching it was like, oh, this is really neat, but I feel like I can only appreciate it as an adult. Because as a kid, I found this actually very boring. <laughs> sure. I, I feel like, well, as a kid, I don't think we appreciate, like, atmosphere and tone as much. No. I just feel like you need to be older to really, like, understand, like, oh, the slow burn thing is impo- can be important for reasons. The you, Maybe you, like, somewhat get it as a kid, but at least as an adult, you get more, like, why it works. Oh, and the art. Man, the backgrounds are gorgeous. Um, Some of the animation's pretty good, but the backgrounds especially really shine uh which again that's the thing that i appreciate as an adult sure uh there was a i don't know what we were talking about okay it's hard to make kids movies it really is i'm trying to figure out why that would be though because it's one of those things where like a good movie should have good characters and that shouldn't be that hard to make work in a kid's movie you just need to make, like, well-rounded characters with a couple of flaws that are relatable but make sense and, like, give them a fear or two that people can relate to. Like, there's building blocks to making a character and then just letting the character, you know, give them, giving them a, a, a plot of some kind. But if it's character-driven, I don't... Like, I feel like I wanna ask, most... Do you think uh, Star Wars is a kid's movie? Ooh, yes and no. I mean, I feel like it was made to sell toys and... People are largely introduced to it as kids. There's violence, but it's very fantastical, almost cartoony in a way. No one really, there's no blood, there's no uh, gore, or anything really like disturbing to it. People get shot with laser guns. Actually, there was blood. Is there? Yeah. Um. The, when when Obi Wan cuts the guy's arm off, like there is a lot of blood on the floor. <laughs> oh, really? I don't remember that. It's been um, a while. I feel like it is a kids movie. I would say it's so. so... It's so simple. It's literally just like uh, there was a farmer boy and he got his magic sword and he saved the princess. But it's presented with uh, like if it had a goofy soundtrack, I think people would refer to it as a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. But it has this like operatic super symphony soundtrack that's like, wait a minute, culture? I'm allowed to enjoy this? I can wear Chewbacca pajamas all day? It's like, no, I gotta do that. (laughs) But I feel like that's the thing, right, is... A kid's movie can be good and for and, and adults can appreciate it too if you do it right. And just making a decent soundtrack and not filling it with like pop songs or or just really upbeat jaunty tunes that don't really fit goes a long way into selling because now you're creating atmosphere and like there's a lore and there's culture like you said. Like that to me isn't a hard decision. It's not a hard fix. As a kid, I really liked the soundtrack to Shrek. 
and as an adult, I hate the people that made that movie. <laughs> See, Shrek's an interesting one, though, because I remember as a kid, I really liked it. As a teen, I still liked it. I have not gone back to it. But I feel like I would probably enjoy it still. No, there's there's stuff to enjoy. Um, yeah, I think the first like two Shrek movies are really well-made, kind of fun kids' movies. I liked the one with Rumpelstiltskin. But the thing, yeah, like, like Shrek's kind of an asshole, though, right? Like, he's a good main character because he's very rough around the edges. He's very flawed. He's he's selfish. He's Whatever he's doing is totally for his own reward. He doesn't actually care. Uh, then he saves Fiona, and it doesn't work how he wants it to, and he's pissed off, and they don't get along. Like, there's there's just so much conflict to everything going on that it keeps you engaged, and it just drives the plot really well. And I feel like that's... That's how you make a good any kind of story, is you use conflict. You know what holds up really well is the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. All three of those movies are still good. I only ever saw the first one, but I remember liking it. Uh Oh, really? Uh, So, the second one has some of the coolest moments in it. Uh, and I, <laughs> I love the soundtrack in three, but in two, there's this neat thing where... How do you make a sequel to that movie? Because the first one ends fine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a neat moral about, you know, believing in yourself and, and being the best you you can be and whatever. And I love how, like, Poe comes across as kind of enlightened. Like, when he when he's trying to explain the lesson to the bad guy who's, like, angry. And it's like, no, he actually gets this. Like, it's neat that he's not just an idiot. It's like something actually clicks. And he grew because of it. Yeah. It's it's done very poetically. I love Kung Fu Panda 1. With 2, it's kind of funny because it's like, he's the dragon warrior and everybody loves him. But it's like, yeah, you're not done learning, though. The, you know, even though you, you got the dragon enlightenment and you learned a huge lesson, that's just one lesson and there's a universe of lessons to still discover. Yeah, that's a good way to do it because it, it seems like... And one, he's completed his character arc, right? He learned the thing he's supposed to learn. But yeah, then it's like, yeah, but there's still like a thousand other things to learn, you dumb, stupid panda. Like, maybe how not to eat fucking bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they do this cool thing where um, Master Shifu is uh, meditating on, in a cave. And he does this thing where he's like, he's sitting in the middle of a of like this pond that's like perfectly still. And he holds his hand up, and a droplet comes down, and then he, like, rolls the droplet down his hand and down his arm, and then, like, gracefully, like, kind of does, like, a Tai Chi thing, mm-hmm. and drops the, the water, like, perfectly into the um the pond. And it's this, like, smooth fluid motion sort of a thing. And Poe is like, whoa, that's cool. And the whole time through the movie, he's getting this, like, PTSD, because you find out why he's, like, a panda orphan. Oh, yeah? Is that all the pandas were killed by this warlord. That there was, like, a prophecy that a warrior in black and white would would be the only one that could stop you. And so the warlord's like, like, well, I'll just kill all the pandas. That'll... <laughs> That'd be funny. He's like, and then, the, and then the one badger shows up and kills him. He's like, no! <laughs> so when Poe was, like, a little baby, he has these, like... He has these, like, mental images of the flags and the certain people... And so he's, like, fighting off the bad guys, attacking the village, and then he'll, like, see a logo that he recognizes, and he just has this, like, PTSD thing and shuts down. And he gets, like, he almost gets killed, and it's this, like, really traumatic thing where he's, like, he doesn't know if he can do this. But then he learns how to deal with all the pain that came of that. 
and let it roll off his back. Like a water droplet. Right. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling the whole movie. Were you going to watch it? Probably not. So the the warlord's thing was, he's this really cool looking peacock guy. And he made a cannon. And it's basically a huge cannon. So instead of like having a kung fu fight, he just shoots people and they blow up. That's a good idea. I like him. So it's like, yeah, so it's like, oh no, <laughs> karate chops aren't going to cut it this time. <laughs> He's blowing us up. And so there's this really dramatic finale where Poe's like stranded in the ocean on this like rock because there was a big explosion. He got blasted out in a ship and he's like he's kind of cornered and the army has all these cannons like uh, aimed at him. And the peacock's like, like, I'll stop you up to fire. Um, And then Poe has this like moment of clarity and he does that Tai Chi thing and rolls the cannonballs like off his arm. So he's doing this like monk deflect thing where the ships are firing cannonballs at him, and he's, like, throwing them left and right. Oh, that's cool. And everyone's watching in disbelief, like, how in the world are you doing that? And he's not even sure. (laughs) But it's like, he just kind of goes with the flow and lets it happen. And as he does it, like, each one, the deflected shots are, like, slowly narrowing in, and he starts throwing them back at the ships that are shooting at him. And he destroys the army by, like, doing the Zelda ball bounce thing. Nice. But then he has this really nice heart to heart with the peacock, where the peacock's like, like how do you, you know, how, like how do you keep getting up? How how come every time I cut you, you stand? And Poe's like, well, scars heal. And he's like, no, they don't. That's not how metaphors work. And he gets mad, and then they have a karate <laughs> fight. And it's like it's so true to his character, but also it's like, oh, he learned a lesson again. And so I'm just I'm watching these movies that again I watched as an adult. Mm-hmm. But I'm still enjoying him. I know kids like him, and there's funny jokes because he's fat. And there's a funny, you know, running gag or whatever. But also, I appreciate him as an adult still. So I know it can be done. I feel like the the kids' movies that have stuck with me are ones that I still like as an adult, right? Like, I, I don't remember the really shitty ones. And I'm just because I never had to go back and watch them again because I've never had an inkling to I just slowly forget them. So when people are like, oh man, there's a lot of bad kids movies because they're a parent and they have to go see them, I'm just like, really? Because if you just like watch the one Pixar movie every year, if it's not Cars, you, you you have a good batting average. Or like Disney seems to put out pretty good ones, but it's like, yeah, I guess you have a kid that wants to go see Arctic Dogs, you're pretty fucked. Because that looks horrible. Now the plus side, there's a lot of kids movies, so just wait a couple weeks and you won't have to see Arctic Dogs. There you go. There's... You know what's cute is Abominable. See that? See, that one looked kind of dumb. Like, that wouldn't be one I'd go see. But if it's good, then I guess more power to people I'd go see it. I don't know. Don't have kids. I'm not. Problem solved. Hell yeah. I want to get... I missed my movie pass. I'm looking at the AMC pass. And it's like, it costs more. But also, I'm I'm probably going to go to see a lot of movies anyways. So it's still savings. Sure. I wish I saw more movies. But then also, there's only so many hours in a day. Movies take a while. Ugh. I saw a movie recently. Um, did you have a chance to see the uh, Doctor Sleep yet? No. Okay, we won't talk about it. Is it good? Yes or no? Is one of those yes yeah. or no? Okay, good. I- I've heard really good things about it. I- okay, you know what? Let me say one thing to prime anyone listening. I don't think it's a great sequel to The Shining if you view The Shining as like a cinematic masterpiece. Okay. It's a great love letter to The Shining, and it's a good sequel to the story. 
But if what you get out of The Shining is like the film part of it, there's it's a little less inspired. See, that's funny to me because I've read the books, right? And I didn't like the Kubrick yeah. movie because it was a bad adaptation of the book. And so, to me, like Doctor Sleep isn't a very good sequel to the book either. It's messy. It's weird. It's interesting, but in ways, it just there's a lot to it that I didn't really like. And so it's like, oh, there's a movie of the book I wasn't super sold on. It's fine. Stephen King's done way better. But everybody's going, oh, there's a really fucking good movie, though. And it's like, well, I wonder what they changed. I wonder what they shrunk or trunk, you know, and, and made bigger and all this other stuff. Like, maybe maybe the movie fixes problems with the book. And since I'm not really going to it as a sequel to a movie, I'm going to it as a sequel to a book, I'm probably going to approach it pretty differently than people who want Kubrick Shining Round 2. You know what I really liked in The Shining is the details that I didn't notice. Like? Um, early on in the movie, there's a part where, like, Danny's playing in his uh, in his bedroom. And they bring in, like, an expert to, like, see him if he's okay or not. And there's a part where when Danny's in the bedroom by himself, uh, the mom opens the door. And on the door, you see a bunch of, like, Disney stickers. There's, like, Goofy and Mickey Mouse and stuff. Uh, they have the conversation with Danny, and then as the adults are leaving, the stickers are not on the door anymore. Oh. And you don't really see it, but that symbolizes him losing his innocence, because everything it's like, everything's gonna change in a couple minutes here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of shots where, um, like when they're being shown around the hotel, there's a scene where they walk into an office... And the way the camera is, it's very deliberately showing you the layout of the hotel. And, you know, there's a window to the right, so that's the front. And you go, and the camera slides to the left, and you see the office. And the guy sitting in his office is in front of a window. And and it's outside. There's trees. And the way the hotel is, you should not see a window there. Oh. Like, the, the layout does not make sense. Okay. Um, there's times where like someone will walk in the freezer and then when they walk out, it's like they're in a different hallway and it's not a story beat. It's literally just these little details that you might not even notice that leave you feeling uncomfortable and lost. I think there was a quote by Stephen King that when he saw that movie, so he didn't really, he didn't like it cause he thought that he, that Kubrick did not get his book. But he also said something like the movie seemed needlessly cruel. Like it was trying to make. Like, like, do harm to the viewers, and to me that yes. that that's like that's like a point in the movie's favor, right? Like that the movie's doing things like that on purpose to be disorientating with sound and and space and movement and stuff like it. It, it like Kubrick is an absolutely master at his craft. Like I really appreciate those details that go into The Shining. So that's the thing. I don't think the movie's a good adaptation, and I wish it wasn't called The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and it's one of my favorite movies. No, it's, I, I get it's that. that stuff. Yeah. So I went into this one going like, okay, this guy's just be a total nerd over Kubrick. So I'm going to watch for details like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything. Okay. The The only good shots are shots that are purposefully referencing The Shining. Okay. Um, There's a couple random details. Like there's a part where I saw a pillow and the pillow had the same hexagon pattern uh, from the hotel floor. And it's like, oh, is that deliberate? Is something going to happen? And nothing happens. Just kind of a Easter egg. I don't even know. I, <laughs> it might have just been a coincidence that they got a, a flower pillow that had hexagons on it. Like, sure. 
I, I it didn't feel deliberate with with Kubrick his stuff every shot was so meticulously planned out have you seen the minotaur in it uh no there's a poster of a of a guy skiing down a mountain in one of the shots but you never get a good look at it and there's like this like glare on it that obscures it in a way that makes it look like a big horned monster like a minotaur which is really funny since there's a lot of shots of jack overlooking the maze the way minotaurs have mazes yeah you know it's like there's a lot of weird foreshadowing that you cannot process what's trying to be communicated to you, but you feel uneasy. Yeah, which is cool, and I wish more... The problem like with doing that, right, is that it's really fucking difficult. You have to be very forward-thinking, and you really have to know what you're trying to make. And I think a lot of directors, maybe not a lot, but there's a certain level of, like, you're making the movie, and you're making changes as you go, because you're finding kind of the film as you're making it. Uh, and you're interpreting the script a certain way, whereas, like, with Kubrick, I feel like he knew exactly what he wanted to make from the get-go, and he executed, like, his vision. It didn't. It, well, it, the, it seems yeah. like he's very meticulous that way, which is cool, but maybe not... Almost, I almost think that's, like, the least fun way to make something, because it's certainly not how I make any of my shit. Oh, really? No, I just fucking make it up as I go <laughs> and fix it later. It's miserable, but... That's funny cuz I I like I do that one I do that stupid comic but there's times where I'll over <laughs> I'll overplan things and it's like I want to bookend this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll literally write it in a way where I want to make sure that the characters end up standing where they were at the beginning of the chapter just so that I can zoom out and eventually show the outside of the building the way that the chapter opened with the building and zoomed in. Sure. And it's like I'm certain no one's noticing this. But I'm doing this on purpose. It's funny. Or like the the gas station, like in the gas station, there's a box of jerky, but I just write the word jerk, and oh, there's yeah. two drawers to show that there's two jerks in the room. Yeah, no, I, me- I remember seeing that that panel and be like, ah, it says jerk. Yeah, and it's like, that was deliberate, and on like page, I don't know, five or whatever that, like somebody commented like, is that, is that, why does it say jerk? I just noticed that. It's like, I'm Stanley Kubrick, and I'm smart. The bookend thing's funny because um, the current book I'm working on, I tried to bookend it with it starts in a bar, and bad shit happens, and then it ends in a bar, like the epilogue chapter is sort of like they're in a bar, they're they're doing a chat, and I was like, okay, cool, I, I bookended it with this, and then one of my readers is like, oh, well, in the first chapter it ends with them going to the ship, the the final chapter should actually bookend with her walking to the ship, like that would be. He didn't like. He didn't recognize that I, I was bookending it in a way. He's like, "Oh, you should do it this way because then it would be a bookend." And it's like, I guess you're right. Like, I feel like maybe I guess like setting it. I don't know. There's different ways to view that, right? But it didn't occur to me that I had, like. I guess I should have them walk out of the bar into the ship, and then it's a really more beat for beat replica of the first chapter. And I don't know if there's like a right or wrong way. It doesn't totally matter, but I can see why he would prefer that visual. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's funny, like, you, you set up a thing, you're like, I'm doing a thing, I'm being literary, I'm being smart, and then either they don't get it, or they're like, well, what if you did it this way, it might be better. Like, oh, I guess. So, I mean, I guess back to my point, Dr. Sleep is good. Um, I walked out of the movie very happy. Actually, <laughs> okay, I got another movie theater story. Um, This theater... It's very strange. Every time I go, I have to go to the theater that's in the very back. And it's a very long walk. Like, I take I take three lefts to get to the, the last theater in the row. Okay. 
so it's like a square layout. It, it's a little odd because there's just this like long, empty hallway because there's never very many people here, and it's got these like carpeted floors that are out of date. And so it's it's kind of annoying walking all the way to the back every time I go. It's okay, theater five. And it's like, is that the only theater that works? Why is it five every single time? And so I'm walking out of this uh, Shining sequel, and it's playing the music at the end, um, from The Shining. Mm-hmm. So it's that like classic, you know, theme of the the ballroom or whatever. And as that's playing, I'm leaving, and I walk out, and there's like no one outside. And it's it's late at night, and the mall's kind of like shutting down. And so walking through this, it, it feels like an abandoned movie theater. And it's like, am I going to see a ghost? Sure. Because it just felt like I was in the um, the the Lookout Hotel or whatever. What is it? Overlook. Overlook Hotel. It was like a weird vibe. <laughs> and it's, it's always a little weird in there, but it was extra weird after just watching that movie. Mm-hmm. So I walk and I take my three rights and I get to the lobby and there's a bunch of people there and it's all normal. But I go to the bathroom and I go in the bathroom and I have to take three lefts again because it's like winding and narrow and all the walls are like really shiny because they just cleaned it and there's no one in here. And I was like afraid to come around the corner and and look in the mirror. <laughs> like there's this like weird thing where it's like this is framed like a shining moment. Sure. Um. So, I mean, if it, if the movie left me thinking about ghosts as I was leaving, I think it was good. You know, I didn't walk out rolling my eyes like Joker. Yeah. I just think it's crazy that Stephen King said three movies this year. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, isn't it? A lot of fucking Stephen King movies. And I know one for sure was bad. No one liked Pet Cemetery. I still haven't seen It Chapter 2 because everyone I know thought it was bad. And then it's like, okay, Doctor Sleep's getting pretty good reviews. I'm, I'll try and see that one. Also, that's there's there's more Stephen King movies than Marvel movies this year. Holy shit! There's only two Marvel that's, movies this year. There were, I think, just two. Huh? Right? There was uh, was Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, I think that was it this year. Huh? Cool. Marvel should do that more often because going to three is annoying. I actually didn't see the new Spider Man movie. Hey, spoiler alert! You didn't miss out much. That's okay. Uh, I'm getting. I've seen enough. Sp- Marvel movies. Like, I want to see Guardians 3 and then I might be good. Everybody complaining that they, they lost the rights to do more Spider-Man and it's like, we got enough. And like, guys, we got the rights back. They're going to do five more Spider-Mans. And it's like, we got enough. Mm-hmm. I'm so... I don't know. Tom Holland's like, got to be pretty fucking stoked, though, because that's some big paychecks for him. Well, yeah, I wonder why he likes it so much. <laughs> I, I, I... Whatever. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, I can't can't fault the hustle. Some of those things, where I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, people like this stuff, they're going to go see it, they're going to enjoy it. Like, I don't have to go to things right away, I don't have to see the things I don't think I'm going to enjoy. Like, it's fine to not have an opinion on something. You know what he reminds me of? Who? Uh, Natalie Portman. Oh. How so? I hate him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to Star Wars. That'll be fun, right? I'll, right. Have, I'll have to see Star Wars. I feel like I'm obligated to see Star Wars because I do podcasts and we're going to have to talk we're, about it. We're all obligated. We we entered a social contract when we said that Force Awakens was okay. Mm-hmm. We have to see the, the ending of the trilogy. We do. Um, I, I was rewatching those. I like... It's so weird watching Force Awakens and it's like... 
this movie didn't come out that long ago, but after the endless internet arguments I've had, it feels like a lifetime ago. It really does feel like, like it's oh, been a while. Simpler times when people thought that Ray was all right. Yeah. And I could just enjoy a movie. I'm wondering before I see the new one if I should rewatch the other two, or just not give a shit and hope like I can piece together what I've missed or don't what, remember. What, my my biggest problem with the Last Jedi is that it doesn't serve as an act two. Yeah, kind of like, not. It, it's just a really it, it long set slow up chase things. sequence. It, I wish that it was a standalone movie. Like I wish there was something about like we the rebels. We have a secret thing we have to deliver. And this and this is not about Ray and Poe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a, a a version of this movie that wasn't serving as Act Two in a three art play, it would be a lot better. I'm trying to <laughs> it's remember. Just the weird they they spent all this time like undoing the setup of the first one, and then ends with and then they everyone was dead. The end. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember like how two ends, and I remember how it ends. Like I know Luke dies. Um, and there's a fight on, on Hoth that's cool, but I don't, I don't remember, like, overall plot structure-wise, like, what that led to. <laughs> like, what, what did they accomplish in the second movie? Well, that's the thing, I don't understand what Kylo Ren's motivation is, because he, he seems to want to be powerful, but it felt like it was to please Snoke. It's like Snoke told him to be powerful, so he should be. And then he got powerful enough to kill Snoke. So it's like, wait, did he have aspirations to be the Supreme Leader? Or is he just going with the flow of it? Yeah, I don't and know. And it was like, he, he, it's like he wanted to, to wipe out the past so that we could move forward. And like, Ray, why don't you join me? And she's like, no. And so they fight. But it's like, okay, what what's going on? I kind of like that about Kylo Ren, though. that Because he, he, he just seems like such an angsty-ass teen. Who doesn't know what he wants, only that he feels really angry and bitter and pissed off at, like, his parents. But he's got all this power, and he, he can use it, and he's using it, but he doesn't... It's like he doesn't know what to use it for, and so he's just lashing out at everybody. And he's kind of unpredictable in that way, but in a way that I think makes sense, and that I actually enjoy. Well, that's the thing. It makes sense. It's enjoyable. He's doing a good job at the character. Yeah. But narratively, in a trilogy movie set for structure reasons you kind of need someone to just like simply say i'll stop you there there will be no jedi order sure that's the only way i can save the galaxy and you understand his mission statement yeah personally i'd rather explore what they're doing with the character Mm -hmm. and i also rather they not tell us this is a trilogy and maybe just do more star wars movies but it's like there's this weird marketing thing where it's like we have to do a trilogy and then it. they're not they're not handling a trilogy. You know what I mean? I wish there were more like duologies if you're gonna do something, right? Like you can do part one and then part two and it's over. You don't have to do part one, two, three. Because I, I like the second one always feels like it's maybe either overly long or somewhat needless. Like I'm trying to think of examples though. Because everyone really liked Empire Strikes Back, and so maybe that's wrong there. Maybe I just don't want to well, consume so much shit. Yeah. Um did you like the the Abrams Star Trek movies? Um did he do the first one? He did the first two. Okay, I, I remember seeing the first one and thinking that was pretty fun. I never saw the second one cuz no one liked it and then I saw the third one and thought it was awful. I liked the third one. Um 
because it felt like they were on a goofy Star Trek mission. Yeah, I just and then it just sort of like escalates to this weird level, but it's like it's a movie, so I guess that would happen. Mm-hmm. The third one, I feel like the acting was really bad. The plot was kind of stupid. Like it's a fun sci-fi thing, and it ends like a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. We're gonna play a song and kill a bunch of people and save the day with music because Guardians did it, and we can do it too. Yay! It's like, like I, I'm not upset that I watched it, but I would never see it again. <laughs> no, it's a. I think that's a fair review. <laughs> uh, I did like it, but I also don't tell people that they should like it. Sure. It's not like, uh, um, well, like actually, like Last Jedi. I feel like I have this. There's this amazing, complicated relationship I have with Last Jedi, where there's so many things about it I want to change, mm-hmm. and when then whenever somebody's like dumping on it, it's like, no, it was brilliant. You have to understand. Yeah, no, I I have that kind of gut reaction too. It's weird. The only thing I hate is Rogue One. Rogue One is pretty rough. I don't like Rogue One. I think IGN reviewed like they had took a reader poll of like the the newest Star Wars movies, like, and Rogue One was the most liked on IGN. And I was like, well, that yeah. explains what's everything wrong with the viewership of that site. Um, the so I want to talk about IGN for a little bit. Okay. You see the new <laughs> you see the new Pokemon game. I I know about the new Pokemon game. <laughs> they they gave it like a ninety three. Okay. And and said it's how it's great and how they streamlined the whole thing to make it better, which is like this really like polite way of saying they cut so many features that <laughs> now I can finish it. And the the lady that reviewed it was on Twitter, and she was like ragging on people that were like disagreeing with her, because I don't I don't know why people care about reviews, but she was just getting a lot of harassment, mm-hmm. and so she's responding to the people harassing her, and she's like, "How many of you even finished a Pokedex? So you're like, you guys don't even know what you want." And so then everyone's like responding with screenshots of their like, "I have all 832," and then they correct their glasses and tip their fedora. And it's like, can we stop talking about a children's game like it matters? That's too many Pokemon. I don't want to catch that many fucking Pokemon. Well, no, okay, so this is my thing. I don't want all of them. I want the handful that I like. Yeah. So when most of those are not in the game, it's disappointing. Right. I guess, like, Ekans isn't in the game, and that was a big thing on the Gymquisition, because that's, like, his favorite Pokemon. And yeah, people were kind of surprised that, like, not the fir- not all of the first 150 made it in, like... They're so Did most you... of them are so iconic and nostalgic now. Like, why would you cut any of them other than? But Mr. now there's Mine? like, there's also three different versions of Meowth now. Yeah, and there's another coughing where he's got like a top hat and a mustache. He looks stupid. Did you see the uh, the opening to the anime? Mm. Somebody took the original Pokemon opening, but they photoshopped out all the ones that didn't make it in the Pokedex. <laughs> and it's great because like there's that scene where um like Ash is riding on the Lapras. And, like, it pans back to show, like, an open sky with nothing in it. Nice. Um, it's just, it's stuff like that. <laughs> it was funny. Um, I, yeah, personally, I kind of get it. Um, I wish the games weren't 3D in the first place. Because this was my concern when they went to 3D, is that they look worse than the sprites, and then it's more work to make them. Sure. And, like, how much dev time do you want people to spend on making uh, Mime Jr. in HD? You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's a weird waste of time and resources to do, but yeah. you set this expectation that it'll be there. So, I don't I don't know. Some of the new designs are really good. 
I haven't really liked most of the ones I've seen. So most of the ones you've seen are the ones that they released. I've been watching a bootleg stream since Monday oh. of like the whole game. There's a lot of cool ones that they haven't shown off. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe put a couple of these on the box and people would like it more. Yeah. There's uh, an electric guitar Pokemon. Really? It's like, it's a lizard. Oh, that's cool. And it's an electric lizard and it has these scales on its chest. It like stands upright. And when it's bored, it'll strum its scales to make electric guitar sounds. But it comes in two different varieties. So there's like a guitarist and a bassist. And they look like they have mohawks, like they're in a band together. I typed in electric wizard instead of lizard Pokemon and didn't... Radical. Oh, that's kind of a cute... I think that's what I'm looking at. Um, what? No, that's that can't be right. I wonder if it, there's not a lot of pictures of it yet. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Like, there's it another called? one I really like. It's a millipede. Ooh. And it's very flat and like low down to the ground. That sounds positively terrifying. Yeah, and it's a it's a cool design. Like I would I want to use that one on my team. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that's the big thing, right? Is like you 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 want to use the cool Pokemon. It does, I, I feel like. The min-maxing thing that... I don't want to do that in Pokemon. It's not about that. I just want to, like, kill the Elite Four. Get, like, look at my cool six Pokemon I use. And then this is the one I teach all of the navigation moves. <laughs> oh, that's I really pretty, like pretty neat-looking character. Yeah, I really like cute ones. I like the... There's, like, a dessert one that's, like, a cream puff, but it comes in different flavors. So you can find, like, a mint one or a raspberry one. That's cool. So it's weird that... <laughs> They they haven't been showing off some of these designs, and I don't know if they they're just like oh let's save the best ones for last, so let's instead show the horrible ones that will make no one want to buy it. It's it's got to be hard when you're marketing something like that because you want to leave the cool stuff as surprises for people who actually bought the game, but then you're just like well well we have uncool ones maybe we shouldn't have designed uncool ones in the first place. Yeah, what if there just weren't bad ones? What if we didn't do this? Yeah, that. Hmm. <laughs> Oops. So, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I'm reading some of these, like, really stupid reviews where people are, like, they're defending it as if there's no problem. And it's like, I think there's objective issues you can bring up. Right. But then there's, like, other stuff that people are blowing out of proportion. I saw one video critiquing how lazy the development was, and their evidence was they took leaked footage of the game. And zoomed in like a thousand percent to show the anti-aliasing on the shadows. And it's like, you're talking about a Nintendo Switch game. Yeah. Like, find me a Nintendo Switch game that anti-aliases correctly. I I don't get these conversations. It's also, like a contest no one's going to see the s- game. You're going to be sitting far away from your TV with your controller in your hand. Your alphabet soup. It, like, I don't know. It's stupid. Yeah. Everything's stupid. I hate everyone. That's a that's a good way to end the show. Everyone's stupid, and I hate everyone. It's true. Yay. Yeah. Um, you got a glad space? Um, actually, I do. I found this fox Pokemon. That's pretty cute. <laughs> now the only picture I could find happens to have like a big old swastika on <laughs> yeah, it. It's gonna... like I thought that was the joke you sent me. Look at this cute fox. He's colored like red and black and white, so he kind of looks like a swastika, but he's actually not. He's British. He looks a little stoned in this one version of him. He's just kind of like, hey. He's cute. He's alright. Yeah, he's cute. I bet furries will ruin him. 
Oh, they already have. Yay! It's funny. This this game leaked two weeks ago. So there's rule 34 of characters that no one has seen before. God, furries work fast. I applaud their... Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. Okay, um, My Glad Space, uh, I like to recommend podcasts. I like to try and listen to new things once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Hey, do you ever listen to his podcast? Didn't know he had one. So he has a podcast called Bunny Ears. And he just he interviews people, and it's always really just lighthearted and nice. That sounds um, pretty great. Yeah, I, I'm listening to one. Uh, you're familiar with Defunct Land, right? Kevin Perjurer? Um, maybe no. He does. He does that YouTube channel about like old Disneyland rides that got shut down. Oh, okay. So Macaulay Culkin's interviewing him, and they're they're talking about like the new Star Wars land, and and uh, Macaulay like he he has a bunch of Legos out. They record in his Lego room, <laughs> so he has a bunch of Star Wars Legos, and they're and he's like acting out the scene where Darth Vader's like, "Where's Padme?" He's like, "You killed her." No, and they're just having fun. Uh, there was a good two-parter with Bob Saget. Oh, cool. Uh, there was one where he sat down with uh, the guys from Red Letter Media, and they talked about ghosts and hunting ghosts and uh, and how much fun it is to uh, to brainstorm stupid movie ideas. and Just very, very interesting stuff. Okay. But very fun. It, you know, there's no drama. They don't really bring up politics a lot. It sounds like a, a fun, like, lighthearted show. Yeah, I I recommend you mix it in if you've been feeling like down lately. Sure. Um, I think, I think it's called Bunny one. Ears. I like yeah. I like Bob Saget. He's funny. I'll probably listen to that episode. Yeah, he had a great story about uh, going to Disneyland with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh wow! And that was kind of a cute story. Um, Bob Saget is fun. I want to like rewatch his comedy specials. He's fucking filthy. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Remember when uh, when Full House ended and he was on SNL? Mm, I don't know if I saw that. So the the show officially ended, and then he was hosting on Saturday Night Live. And one of the things was part of the contract while he was doing Full House was that he wasn't allowed to be like vulgar or crass, right? Because they didn't want to hurt the image of the the like um upstanding dad figure from the show. Yep. So they didn't want. Like, his comedy routine was basically off-limits for as long as that show was running. Yeah. And so he goes on Saturday Night Live, and and he explains this in his opening monologue, that now that he doesn't have to worry about his image for Full House, um, he can can do whatever he wants. Like, he can even say words like, like, poop and (laughs) fart. And he did this whole routine about, like, it was like the most tame stuff that he was not allowed to say as Danny Taylor. And it was really clever. Especially if you're aware of the stuff that he would actually say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, he has like a whole bit of like having sex with Schmeagol from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and just uh, I was like, one of was like, I tattooed my mom's name on my ass so my dad would stop fucking me. Was one of his like one-liners. He's 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 so I I I don't know what it says about me but that those jokes make me laugh, but goddamn, he's filthy and it makes me laugh. No, it's it's just he like has a good sense of humor. Pointlessly vulgar, it's great. Um, that's a good glad space. Uh, my glad space is a coworker of mine. Not so a coworker of mine was over in China, and I was like, "Hey, would you, while you're over there, I really like this Chinese brandy. This is what it looks like. You pick me up a bottle or two, I will pay you back." 
And so he comes back and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't have time, I didn't get you any. But the president of our facility in China is going to be here this week, and he's got a present for you. And so this guy comes in, and he brings and, and he brings me a bottle of the brandy. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. I was kind of open for two, but this is great. I'm getting some. Like this is like almost impossible to get in the United States. Uh, so I'm excited because it's great. And I'm like, do you want any money? He's like, no, 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 it's fine. You you can just have it. I ended up looking it up. It's only like a six dollar fucking bottle of brandy. <laughs> but I was like, I I'm stoked, right? So I bring it back to my office, and my boss sees me carry it in. And she's like, what the fuck do you got there? I was like, oh, yeah, I got brandy. This is great. I'm, I'm gonna really excited to have this. like the best brandy ever. And she's like, oh, what's it taste like? And I was like, I'm not going to tell. You want to go grab a couple styrofoam cups? We can have a belt at work. <laughs> and so she did. <laughs> we went off to my office and closed the door. <laughs> and we had, had a bit of brandy while at work. <laughs> and I was like, this is fucking cool. So that was a neat moment. Then, and then I brought it home, and me and my dad received to drink half the bottle. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. That's a good time. So, yay, getting drunk. I have a problem. Um, I got one more follow-up. I was telling you about that bloody arm in Star Wars. Yep. While looking that up, I found on StarWars.com, you can get, uh, there's like a dessert based on that arm that fell off. You can you get the recipe for uh, Ponda Baba Arm Pops. Oh, my God. So if you go to Star Wars and look up Ponda Baba Arm Pop, it'll come right up. That's revolting. Do you like Ponda Baba? No, he doesn't like me either, so it's fine. Yay. <laughs> you you understand enough Star Wars to make the joke work. That's for you, Jean-Luc. Ah. Uh, I like Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is alright. I kind of I want that Mandalorian Black Series figure. I don't know what that one looks like. He what? I don't know what the fuck a Mandalorian. That's a <laughs> cartoon, right? No, it's their. It's like their headlining feature on Disney Plus. It's like their only original show you can get. Oh, it's got Boba Fett in it. No, it has the Mandalorian. Isn't that him? No. Star Wars is dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. No. Ah! <laughs> you got me. I'm sorry. Should we? Do you want to head out? Want to? I don't know what to do tonight. Um. Oh, I, okay. I want to say one more thing. Okay. Um. Yeah, so we always end the show with a glad space, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to end it with a mad space. Oh. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night. That was the worst ending I've ever done. <laughs>